Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special episode of Real-Time Crime, just in time for Halloween. Today's episode is just going to be me, Hannah. Unfortunately, Jedi couldn't be with us today, but I'm going to be covering the case of Gabby Petito and what we know so far. Gabby Petito was a 22-year-old girl from Blue Point, New York, and Brian Laundrie was 23 years old, and they met in high school on Long Island. They decided to go on a four-month-long trip inside of a van in order to explore around the United States and, and to visit national parks along the way. They took her white Ford van and headed west on July 2nd from New York. Along the way, they were going to be posting on Instagram and YouTube, trying to make a go of it on social media, posting about their van life and all the different trips that they were taking and the things that they were seeing. She maintained communication with her family the whole time up until the end of August. So everything seemed fine up until the first time the police are involved, which is on August 12th in Moab, Utah. This is when they have an encounter with the police and there's the circulating footage of the body cam from the officer on the scene. So someone had called 911 to report saying that Brian had hit Gabby. So 911 dispatcher alerts all their squads in the area to pull over this vehicle. The officers that respond and pull over the white van, it's unclear if they knew the details of the 911 call saying that a male hit the female. It was just understood that they needed to pull the vehicle over. So when they get in the process of pulling over the vehicle, they notice that the van kind of hops up on the curb for a second. And when they get both of Brian and Gabby out of the vehicle, they're, they're questioning them separately. Gabby says that she hit him in the arm. Brian was driving. She says she hit him in the arm when the cops were pulling them over and he wasn't pulling over fast enough. Brian had told the police that she had nudged him and that had moved the wheel, but that she hadn't hit him. So because of her admission of guilt of pulling on his arm or hitting his arm when they were being pulled over and the possibility that the police were unaware of the details of the 911 call, the officers on the scene established that, or they determined that Gabby was the aggressor of this situation rather than Brian. So they approached Brian. He did not want to press charges. Mind you, this whole time, he's very calm and nonchalant about this whole thing. He's kind of he kind of giggles it off a little bit. And in some ways, it could be seen as maybe a nervous kind of giggle. In other ways, maybe not so much. He did mention that they had been traveling for a few months at that point, And they'd only been on the road about five weeks or so, give or take. And Gabby, while she's speaking to the police, 
on her own off to the side. She was crying a lot and was just very upset and distraught. She was saying that they had just been, you know, they're in cramped quarters and they'd been having little bickering fights here and there and everything just built up and exploded. And that kind of matched what Brian was saying too, that they had just been together for a while and just were too close and getting on each other's nerves kind of thing. So the officers took it to Brian saying that they determined Gabby was the aggressor. He didn't want to press charges and the officers suggested that they at least just spend the night apart because if he wasn't going to press charges, there was nothing that they really could do in that situation as far as arresting anyone. So Gabby took the van and Brian went to a hotel room and as far as we know, they spent the night apart and got back together in the morning. That's the last we hear until August 17th when Laundry flew back home to Florida from Salt Lake City, according to the Laundry family attorney. The attorney said that he flew home to obtain some items and empty and close the storage unit to save money as they contemplating extending the road trip. On August 19th, Gabby posts a video to YouTube titled Van Life, Beginning of Our Van Life Journey. And the images show them very happy, just like laughing and kissing. And on August, on August 23rd, Laundry returned back to Salt Lake City to rejoin with her. And then on August 24th, they were reported seen leaving a hotel in Salt Lake City together. August 25th is the last time Gabby posted on Instagram. And that is the last day that the van is spotted in Grand Teton National Park in Utah. Gabby and Brian leaving a restaurant and sort of having a commotion. There were two people visiting the restaurant who said that they both appeared visibly angry, uh, that Brian was going in and out of the restaurant several times, and that Gabby had been crying. The restaurant had no surveillance cameras. They did confirm that Gabby and Brian were at the restaurant on this day. However, an article from News Nation Now says that the manager later told their reporters that the commotion wasn't like what everyone had been reporting, that, you know, Gabby was crying, that Brian was angry. Just It was just that they had tried to leave without paying, and a server followed them outside. You know, they paid outside. And then they went back inside and tried to get their money back. And, you know, obviously they said no, so they left. And it seems to me that they were just having money issues. They were, neither of them were working, really. They were trying to make money off of social media. But when you're first starting out, you're not going to make anything. And they're traveling around all the time, so you know, they're always paying for gas and they're paying for food. They're paying to wash their clothes here or there. And we had just heard that he had flown back to Florida to close the storage locker in order to save some money too. So it kind of checks out for that, that, you know, maybe they were just having money issues. And this whole scene got blown out of proportion because of people 
helping out on the internet that, you know, maybe just wasn't as helpful as they had intended it to be. So also according to a search warrant on August 27th, Gabby's mother reportedly received a text message from Gabby's phone and it read, quote, can you help Stan? I just keep getting his voicemails and missed calls, end quote. Now, Stan is Gabby's grandfather, but according to her mom, this is very odd. She would have never referred to her grandpa by his first name. And she just says that it was very out of character and concerning. On August 29th, a woman reports in Wyoming that she picked up Brian as a hitchhiker in the early evening. She said that she gave him a ride to the same camping area where Gabby's remains would later be found. And then another woman reported that she and her boyfriend gave Brian a ride on the same day around the same area. And he told them that he'd been camping by himself for multiple days while Petito was in their van working on social media posts. One girl posted a series of videos on TikTok saying that she and her boyfriend had picked up Brian that evening while he was hitchhiking in the Coulter Bay area of Wyoming, and that he had told them that he had been camping at a site outside of the Grand Teton National Park near the Snake River. Once Brian realized that the couple were going in a different direction than he needed to go, he got agitated and asked to get out. And so he got out near the Jackson Dam, according to this girl. Another woman told CNN she picked up Brian not far from the Jackson Lake Dam on August 29th and gave him a ride to the Spread Creek dispersed camping area where Gabby's remains were later found. According to this woman, he told her that he and his fiance had a travel blog and that she was in their van at a camping area working on the blog and he had been hiking along the Snake River for a few days. She said when they arrived at Spread Creek, she dropped Brian off before the gate of the camping area. She said she offered to take him further, but he insisted on being dropped off right at the entrance and he offered to give her gas money, but she declined. She said she had picked him up around 6.15, which coincides with the other woman's story of her having dropped him off in the same area just a few minutes before he got picked up by the second woman. So the next day, August 30th, Gabby's mother receives another text from Gabby's phone, and this one is reported to have just said, no service in Yosemite. So to recap that, during the last week of August, Gabby's family received communication from her reportedly on the 24th, 25th, 27th, and the 30th of August. However, they believe that those last two messages were possibly not from her. So we have the message where she refers to her grandfather by his first name and the message saying that there was no service in Yosemite. So September 1st, Brian appears back at home in Northport, Florida in their van without her and isn't saying anything. Fast forward a few days, September 6th, the Laundry family goes to the campground about 75 miles away from their home. And 
They checked in at a waterfront site at the Fort DeSoto campground from September 6th to September 8th. And they were at the campground for sure during that time and they all left together. On September 11th, Gabby's family finally reports her as missing. The police go to the laundry's house that night and ask to speak to him and his family, but they were essentially handed the information for the family's attorney, and that was it. On September 13th, the laundry parents report that Brian left to go on a hike in the Carlton Reserve in Sarasota, Florida. On September 15th, Brian is named a person of interest, and we don't know his whereabouts at that time. On September 17th, there's a protest held for Gabby, and the Laundry family requests that police come to their home, and they share that they haven't seen Brian since September 14th. And then later on, they end up saying, oh wait, it actually was the 13th, we think. So, on this day, on September 17th, when the police come to the house, they later tell CNN that, you know, they've been trying to talk to this family all week and to talk to Brian, and now they've, they've called us here on Friday. We've gone to the home, and they're saying now they have not seen their son. So as of September 17th, the public was made aware of the fact that Brian's whereabouts were unknown. But in reality, he had possibly been missing from September 13th or September 14th, according to his parents. On September 17th as well, the local and federal authorities kicked off their search for him. On September 18th, the authorities conducted a search for Brian at the Carlton Reserve, which was about 24,000 acres in size. At this time as well, the FBI announced that they're conducting ground surveys in the Grand Teton National Park, which is where Gabby is believed to have been before the questionable text messages that were received by her family. On September 19th, human remains are discovered in Teton County, and they are consistent with the description of Gabby. And then on September 20th, the parents of Brian were questioned at their home by the FBI. They were escorted from their home and returned after federal agents ex executed a search warrant. They seized his car, not the van, but a different car on the property. They also seized a hard drive that, quote, may contain evidence that a felony has been committed, end quote. On September 21st, the Teton County Coroner confirmed that the remains were Gabby Petito's and the cause of death was initially ruled as a homicide. Two days later, the arrest warrant is issued for Brian. They charged him with the unauthorized use of a debit card to make withdrawals worth more than a grand sometime between August 30th and September 1st. This was a nice thing to hear. On September 25th, Gabby's father announced via tweet that they created the Gabby Petito Foundation to, quote, help people in similar situations as Gabby, end quote, and provide resources and guidance for parents 
searching for missing children. He said in the tweet, quote, no one should have to find their children on their own, end quote. On October 12th, Gabby's death was determined to be caused by strangulation. By Wyoming law, no other information apart from the manner and cause of death will be released about the autopsy. So the only things that we know about her death were that it was a manual strangulation, which means that her neck was compressed by either one or both hands or by exercising pressure with another body part. We know that her body was left outside in the wilderness for about three to four weeks before being found. And they declined to answer whether she had been killed where her remains were found or if she had been killed somewhere else. And they they declined to answer if the remains were even buried. So at this point, Brian is still missing and they haven't explicitly connected him to her death. They are just naming him as a person of interest. So October 20th, we're at weeks into the search for him at this huge Carlton Reserve in Florida. And on this day, investigators find what appears to be human remains along with personal items, including a backpack and a notebook which they can say belonged to Brian. And according to them, this area where the items were found had up until recently been underwater, which is why they hadn't found it at this point at weeks into this search. So the thing about this too is the park had been closed for quite a while so that the police could conduct this search without the public getting involved in anything knowingly or unknowingly and the next the day that they open up the park back to the public Brian's parents decide that they are going to go and help search they're just going to do they called it a they called it a brief search they informed law enforcement that they were going to do this so law enforcement met them there and not long into their search, again, they call it a brief search, the family and the law enforcement found these articles that belonged to him. On October 21st, the FBI announced comparison of dental records confirmed the human remains found a day earlier were those of Brian. And earlier on Thursday, a police spokesperson told CNN that the remains were skeletal remains, as well as clothing believed to be belonging to Brian and consistent with what he was believed to be wearing the last time he was seen. They said that the items were definitely outside for a long time, but it does look like the notebook could be possibly salvageable. So maybe there will be something that can help the investigation further in there. So at this point in the investigation, we know that Gabby was strangled by someone and she is dead. And we know that Brian is also dead after coming home in their view. Something about this case that isn't being talked about too much is that within those six weeks of Brian being last seen by his parents and being 
named as a person of interest in her case and going missing to the point where he was found. Quite a few bodies were found because of this investigation. So one instance of this is reports of Brian being cited in different locations. In one place in Alabama, there was a possible sighting of Brian, and it ended up leading to a body being found behind a dumpster. No connection to laundry, but helped solve a case there. Another reported sighting of Brian was in North Carolina's Blue Ridge Mountains, which led to the finding of another body. So that was another case that was able to be helped. The case of another woman who went missing in July was found in El Paso County, Colorado, in an area near where Brian and Gabby had posted some photos on Instagram. For Gabby, there were the remains of a man who had been missing since August that were found near her remains. Authorities have been saying that this widespread news coverage of this case and cases like it help bring closure and just evidence to other cases as well. So it's incredible to see that in helping in one case, it, it helps out many other cases. As you guys know, we like to leave you with a takeaway at the end of every case to just try and keep everyone out there as safe as possible. So the takeaway that we came up with for this case is just doing your best to communicate your whereabouts. It's very important to let someone know where you are. We talked about this with our Marlene Ochoa story. I think we underestimate how important it is to let just at least one person know where we are when we're not where we normally are. Even if you just shoot a quick text to a friend or you drop your pen, you send a Snapchat, whatever you want to do. So long as you send something, just do your best. I don't think Gabby was lacking in her communication skills. She seemed to have been trying to keep in contact with her family the best she could with the circumstances and spotty signals. But it's still just important to keep in mind communicating your whereabouts whenever you can. That is the case of Gabby Petito and everything that we know up to this point. Thank you guys so much for listening. It means the world to us that you continue to show your support and love. We just hit a huge milestone. We hit a thousand listens. It's incredible. It makes us so happy. Thank you guys so much. And we will see you in our next episode, November 4th. And stay tuned for the category of November. Thanks, guys. Bye.